Hello everyone. Welcome to our service this morning. It's great to be together again as we uh, connect with each other over, over live stream, over YouTube, over our podcasts, wherever you're watching this from and whenever you're watching it. May you know God's blessing upon you. May you know his peace in your life and may you know his presence uh, as you listen to his voice. The psalmist calls us to worship the heavens declare the glories of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech, and night after night, they reveal knowledge. They have no speech, and they use no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes into all the earth, and their words to the ends of the world. Creation does uh, proclaim the beauty and the splendor of a mighty and powerful God. And as we gather today uh, to wherever you are in your lounge rooms, uh, wherever you may be, may you know that his power and his majesty uh, fill that place where you are, and may you know his hand over your life. If you are watching this for the first time, joining with us for the first time, welcome to you. This is a live stream, so we'd love to have you engaging with us. Hit the like buttons or the reaction buttons at various stages in the sermon. You can hit them more than once. If there's something that resonates with you, put a comment in, uh, in, into the feed and make sure you just engage with us uh, in the live stream. Let us know, as I said, where you're watching from. It's always interesting. And we certainly try to respond to those messages uh, within uh, the same day or early in, early in the week. The peace of the Lord be with you, friends. Thank you. Take a few moments to greet those around you. Uh, if you're watching with somebody, pass God's peace onto them and bless them. Let us come before God in prayer. Lord God, the heavens do declare your glory. The wonder of creation proclaims your majesty. Here over the last few days, we've had the blessing of rain that has brought refreshing to our earth. We thank you for the, the freshness of this new day as, we, as we, get, we, we go together to hear your word. We thank you, Lord, for your presence and your power for the fact that there is no moment of our lives that goes past without you being aware. There's no feeling we have, no thought or emotion that we face that, that you aren't part of. And Lord God, we praise you that in the difficulties, in the beautiful moments, in uh, the moments where there is stress or anxiety, in the moments where there is rejoicing and happiness, in each one of those, there you are, your Holy Spirit present with us, and in that we rejoice. We thank you, Lord God, for the wonder of being called by you to be part of building your kingdom in this world. We thank you, Lord, for the, the call upon our lives to be faithful, to be obedient to you. We thank you, Lord, that you have given to us your word and your Holy Spirit, and reminded us, Lord, that if, uh, if we love you, we will obey your commands and listen to your spirit and hear your voice. We pray that this sermon today may be a time where just such a thing happens, 
where we're determined to be faithful and obedient to you, where we find ourselves committed to listening to your voice and putting what you say into action in our lives. We pray, Holy Spirit, for a sense of connectedness with you, that you may know that we love you and we may know that you love us. May you be glorified in this service, we pray, in and through the precious name of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ, who taught us when we pray to say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. Friends, today uh, we're having our first um, gathering together outside of the, uh, the church hours. We'll be having our, um, our family picnic, our church picnic, later on at half past 11, and we look forward to seeing you there. Our readings this morning come from John chapter 14, verse 15 to 26, and John chapter 15, verses 1 to 17. Both readings from the book of John, John 14, verses 15 to 26, and John 15, verses 1 to 17. Today we are speaking on the topic of faith and obedience. If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you the Advocate to help you and be with you forever. This is the Spirit of Truth. The world cannot accept him, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever knows my commands and obeys them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. And then the well-known passage of John chapter 15, verses 1 to 17, which is entitled, The Vine and the Branches. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, as I also remain in you. 
No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything I learned from my Father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you, and appointed you so that you may go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, sorry, whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Each week, part of our worship is to spend a few moments dedicating our offering to God. I thank you for your faithfulness in your giving. And uh, as we bring these gifts to God, they are gifts that have been brought physically into the office during the week or that have been put directly into the church's account through electronic banking. If you would like to participate in that, the details, the church banking details are on our website and in the comment section below and uh, just simply mark your offering, city offering, and you may uh, that way just stay anonymous. Let us pray. Lord God, as we bring to you these gifts and offerings, it is with a real sense of thanksgiving, thanksgiving for all that you are and everything that you mean to us. We thank you for your love so freely poured out, for a grace which is undeserved. And we acknowledge, Lord, that these gifts we bring today, while they could never match that love, they are a symbol and a token of, of our love for you. They are a way in which we can physically express how much we care, a way in which we can bless you. And so we ask that you would take these gifts and use them to be a blessing in this community, that you would strengthen the work of this church and build your kingdom through the mission and ministry that takes place here. We pray for those, Lord, who are in need of your touch, for those in relationships that need healing, for those who are struggling through financial difficulty or addiction, for those, Lord, who are journeying through treatments like chemotherapy and things like that. We pray for those who 
have COVID virus, those who have lost loved ones because of this. We pray, Lord, for your presence to be in each of those situations. And we also bring before you, Lord, those things that weigh heavily on our hearts, things perhaps known only to ourselves and to you. We lift those to you this morning, thanking you that you're a God who knows and a God who cares and a God who listens. And now, Lord, we pray that we may listen to you, that your Spirit may speak into our lives, that, that what is preached will be relevant to each of us, that we would hear exactly what you need us to hear and take from this message the exact thing you've brought us to hear. And so, Holy Spirit, find in each of us hearts that are willing, souls that are open, spirits that are receptive. Speak, we pray. Amen. Over the last few weeks, we've been spending time in the letter to the Hebrews. And last week, we looked at one of the most powerful chapters in that, in that letter, chapter 11 and a little bit into chapter 12. It's a chapter which is often called um, the Faith Hall of Fame, where characters of Scripture, the most prominent biblical characters, are mentioned and, and their faith is, is showcased. We were looking at these characters in terms of uh, their faith despite what uncertainty or despite whatever emotions they might have been feeling at the time, which essentially amounts to being obedient to God no matter what. As I thought about the Faith Hall of Famers and being obedient to God, I was reminded of an elderly lady who babysat us when we were, uh, when we were little children. At the time, to me, she seemed absolutely ancient. In reality, uh, she couldn't have been much more than in her mid-60s, which now seems to be quite young. But for a, but for a little four-year-old boy, she seemed as old as the hills. But even to that little child, there was something about her that radiated faithfulness. There was something about her that just seemed godly to me almost like a, a real-life Hall of Famer. Years later, when I went into the ministry, I received in the post a devotional book uh, from that same lady. By now, she actually was uh, really old, and the handwriting in the front of the book she had personally written to me, it showed strains of, of age and arth arthritis. But she wrote a little letter and perhaps unknowingly included the secret of her life of, of faithfulness. She wrote the reference that we've had in our passages of Scripture today, John 14 and 15, and said, read these words often, live by them, obey them, and preach on them. They will serve you well. Every spiritual diet, every Christian that we look up to, every faith hall of famer has the common has in common the instruction that was given to me by that dear lady. Be obedient to the words of Christ. Obedience to God. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, says Jesus. If anyone loves me, they will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, 
and we will come to them and we will make our home with them. The picture of faithfulness, a deep spirituality, a quality of relationship with God, it hinges on this concept of, of obedience. Not long after she gave me the book, she passed away to enjoy the rewards of her obedience and faithfulness. But when I think of her life, the idea of obeying God at all times was really central to her faith. Jesus writes, Jesus says, you are my friends if you do what I command. So important is the link between obedience and faithfulness. Generally speaking, though, we don't like to think too much about passages like this. Because in society today, we live with the perception that we can do what we want. That no one should ever stop us from doing what we want. That no one should ever tell us how to act or how to live our lives. We are a society that will loudly proclaim, don't tell me what to do. I will do my own thing. Maybe to quote Frank Sinatra, I did it my way. But this passage tells us a very different truth. That obedience to God is essential to faithfulness. And if we don't put our will under God's will for us, then the kind of faithfulness we see in great Christians' lives, great Christian lives, is just not possible. It's not a selective obedience that Jesus is talking about, where we only obey the things that are comfortable for us, or we only obey the things that we think we should obey, or we only obey the things that really fit in with our agenda. It's not that kind of obedience. It is a complete obedience that brings uh, God's love and God's joy and God's purpose to the forefront of our lives. If you obey my commands... My Father and I will come and make our home with you. Faithfulness in life. Remain in my love and your joy will be complete. Earlier this year on my birthday, I got a speeding fine. I was getting some lovely birthday cards in the post from family overseas and in amongst them was a letter from the Queensland Department of Transport. And I thought to myself, how nice that they remembered my birthday. Isn't that lovely? Well, much to my disappointment, it wasn't a birthday card, but it was a traffic fine with a lovely picture of me on the Bruce Highway near Gympie doing 89 kilometers per hour in an 80 kilometer per hour zone. And when I looked at the photo, very clear photo, you could see that I had obviously realized that the speed limit had changed because all four brake lights at the back of the car were shining bright red and the nose of the car was significantly closer to the road than the back of the car. So I was trying to slow down rapidly. I just wasn't doing it rapidly enough. This, I thought though, when I looked at the photograph, I thought this shows a sense of remorse. This shows somebody who has the intention to obey. Even if the actual obedience isn't quite there, the intention was. And I thought, that should be worth something. So I'm going to write them a letter. Because, let me tell you, they weren't messing around. The fine was significant. It wasn't cheap, and I was seeing all my birthday loot getting swallowed up in the traffic department. So, 
So I wrote a very nice letter to them. I was very kind, very tactful, very polite with my words. I thanked the department for all their good work in keeping us all safe. But I also suggested that there might perhaps be just a little bit of uh, wiggle room in connection with this fine because I usually do obey the law. And if they looked at the photograph, they could see that I was actually trying to obey the law because I was breaking at the time. And also I said, you know, that stretch of road should really be a 100 kilometer hour zone. So, so the installation of a camera at that particular point might, and I stress I said might, be a tad unreasonable and unfair. I resisted the temptation to say that it was my birthday. But I signed off very sweetly and I said, with lots of love, your friend and law-abiding road user, Stu. I put a dash of Deb's perfume on the envelope and I sent it off, expecting to get some understanding and hopefully a little bit of leniency. About a week later, I got another letter, much thicker than the first. In it, there was no dear Stu. There wasn't actually even a dear which you know things are going to be bad when it starts off with Mr. Bosch and it was all in capitals like they were shouting at me and over the next three pages I kid you not three pages of size 10 font followed a lecture and a dressing down of biblical proportions where the rules were explained the consequences of my disobedience was emphasized my guilt was highlighted and the issue of needing to obey, again, capitals, all of the rules, all of the time, whether or not I felt that they were justified, whether or not I felt that they were reasonable, my guilt, shall we say, was made abundantly clear to me. By the end of the letter, I was huddled in the corner in the fetal position, clutching my blankie and whimpering softly, sucking my thumb. In fact, the letter was so powerful and convincing, I wrote back to them suggesting that they increase the fine and take a few more points off my license. No, I'm kidding. But I did tell you what. I went straight to the computer and paid the fine immediately. And I haven't gone a single kilometer over the speed limit since. Now, you may be thinking, what an idiot. Thinking that you're going to get off because you think that the law is unreasonable. Ha <laughs> that's not how the traffic department works. But actually, that action is not dissimilar from what we often and perhaps even subconsciously do to God. We like to obey what suits us and when it suits us. We don't like to be told what to do and perhaps suggest to God that some things that he wants obedience on are actually quite unreasonable and perhaps a little unfair, and don't really fit in what, what I think they should be. Maybe they're not even all that important. And because God is quite a forgiving God, we often disobey knowing that we can say a prayer and, and ask for some leniency and, and find a little bit of wiggle room on, on some of the things that we feel may not be all that convenient for us to have to obey. Thankfully, Jesus doesn't give us a three-page lecture, but he does say, my child, you can only be a fruitful and faithful Christian if you are willing to be obedient to all that I command. 
My joy will only be complete in you with obedience. You love me if you are obedient to me. Your love for me is proven in obedience. Those are challenging words. And a reminder to us that it is essential for our faithfulness, for our love for God, that we understand the importance of obedience to the Word of God and to follow the example of the life of Christ. Jesus' words in this passage, like the traffic department, are actually quite uncompromising. If anyone loves me, they will obey my teaching. He or she who does not love me does not obey my teaching. If we love God, we obey Jesus. If we love him, we are obedient to him and our lives are lived according to his will. We follow his example and we'll be faithful and bear much fruit as we are shown to be Christ's disciples. From all of this, it's quite obvious that obedience is not a passive thing. It is not something that we just fall into by virtue of good luck. Like the rules of the road, obedience to God is actually intentional. You have to choose to obey them. It is a deliberate action. We choose to obey and we choose to be faithful and we choose to follow the example of Christ so that we may remain in him. Remain in me, Jesus says. Keep my commands. This shows the Father's love. It is a choice. But having made the choice, it is something that we are do, that we are able to do and continue to do because of the strength of the Spirit of God. It's no coincidence that in chapter 14, Jesus is speaking about obedience and at the same time promises the Holy Spirit to be our counselor. It's no coincidence that Jesus uses the imagery of the vine and the branches saying, you have to remain connected in order to be faithful, in order to bear fruit. Obedience is proactive, but it is assisted and strengthened by the presence of God who is always with us. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed the Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. So how do we do this? If this is not something that is passive, how do we actively and practically put in place our obedience to God? Well, firstly, obedience begins with looking inward. If we are to obey Christ, we have to be willing to take an honest look at our lives and ask the question of ourselves, in what areas are we struggling to obey? To do this is difficult because uh, it is an active and deliberate choice to, to shift ourselves outside of our comfort zone. And that doesn't come naturally. But it is exactly the reason we need the power of God's Spirit to help us be obedient. We often deliberately turn a blind eye to our own disobedience, and we can be quite good at justifying actions that are not in line with God's teaching. A little bit like my letter. I'm not really disobeying because actually this shouldn't be an 80-kilometer zone in the first place. It's a stupid rule that you have. And Jesus says, I know this is tough. 
But if you want to be faithful, if you want to be obedient, if you want to know the areas with, which are, are, are taking away the joy from life, be brave. Rest on the Spirit and take a good look. Obedience begins by looking inward. Verse 26, Jesus says, Here is my Spirit who will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. And if you read a couple of verses on, who will then bring you peace? It begins with the ability to examine our own lives, to be willing to trust the Spirit and, and, and look at areas of struggle and gain courage from God in saying, these are the places, these are the things, these are the issues that need to change. Secondly, our obedience needs to be motivated by love. Those who love Christ will obey his commands. Over and over in those two chapters of Scripture, Jesus says, If you love me, you will do what I command. The one who loves me obeys my commands. I often think about this in terms of a marriage because when we use words like obedience and commands, it can have connotations of, of one party kind of lording authority over the other. It can almost have like a military kind of uh, aspect to it. But Jesus roots obedience not in authority or in power, but in love. Just like when you get married. Both partners listen to each other and do what the other asks and stick to their marriage vows, not because one party is in authority over the other, not because one party lords it over the other or has power over the other, but you do it because you love each other. You want to please one another. You know that by doing so, both of you will benefit from a happy relationship, a joyful relationship, a fruitful and faithful relationship. By being obedient to one another, the whole marriage blossoms into what it was meant to be. When Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey my commands, this is what he means. He says, I love my Father and obey his commands. Love and trust in him makes God's way our way, even when we don't understand it. We obey because we love because we know that by doing so, it generates the most beautiful and intimate and faithful of relationships. Thirdly, consistent obedience uh, bears fruit. Consistent obedience bears fruit. Jesus says, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will bear much fruit. As we have already seen, we can't pick and choose when to obey and when not to. Because the faithfulness of our lives and the fruit that we bear as Christians is dependent on that consistent obedience to God. The fruit we bear as Christians, the faithfulness, is dependent on consistent obedience. I love the analogy of the vine and the branches because the fruit of the vine is a bunch of grapes. It's technically one piece of fruit, but it has so many parts to it. Each little grape is its own part. 
And the fruits of the Spirit, of the fruits of faithful Christian living, is much the same. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These are the kind of things that come from consistent obedience. We often tend to think that as long as we are managing well in one area, that's all fine. I may not be patient, but at least I'm kind. Or I may not be the most loving person, but you know, I never lose my temper or lose control. I'm pretty certain if I had said to the traffic department, you know, I stopped at all the red traffic lights along the way, doesn't that count for something? I'm pretty sure I would have had a few more pages added on to that. When it comes to faithfulness, God is not interested in producing a bunch of grapes with one big fat grape and eight little grapes that may almost fade into insignificance. Consistent obedience in all things brings about this, this beautiful imagery of a, of a healthy bunch of grapes where all the fruits are present. As we remain in the vine, so we bear those fruits, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And the beauty of a faithful Christian life becomes evident. Those faith hall of famers, the elderly lady who, who babysat us, those are the things you see in their lives. Those are the things that you say, this person is faithful to God. Their obedience has generated this fruit. I hope that in life there have been those hall of famers for you. Faith hall of famers have had an impact on your life. And I'm, I'm willing to bet that if you look at their lives, you will see that they too have been characterized by a consistent obedience. An obedience that is motivated by a love for God and that encompasses a willingness to keep looking inward and growing closer to God, particularly in those areas of struggle. As you think of those lives, know this too, that the challenge for you and I is to be those faith hall of famers for other people. For people to look at our lives and say, wow, there is a life that is characterized by obedience. What a challenge that is. May God bless you as you seek to meet that challenge, as we seek to be obedient and faithful to him, as we seek to remain in the Father's love, resting on the Spirit, and knowing the joy, the wonder, and the beauty of a life that bears fruit in faithfulness to him. What a challenge. Amen. Let us pray. <clears throat> we thank you, Jesus, for your word to us this morning. We thank you for the scriptures that speak so clearly about obedience to you. We come before you this morning, Lord God, knowing that there have been times when there hasn't been that obedience. There have been times, Lord, when we have deliberately gone our own way, done our own thing, <clears throat> and felt quite comfortable justifying it away. There have been times, Lord God, when we have thought things you've called us to be obedient to, we thought we'd known better. And there have been times, Lord, when that sense of faithfulness and, and the kind of fruit that a healthy, uh, connected relationship with you brings, 
has sometimes been missing. But we thank you, Lord God, that with you, forgiveness and, mess and, and blessings are new every morning. We thank you that as we hear your word, it once again is an opportunity for us to say, yes, I will be this. I will be obedient. I will listen to your voice. I will ask the tough questions. I will be consistent. I will bear fruit. Lord God, may we always be motivated by love. May we always seek to be connected to you, that we may meet the challenge of lives that really show your faithfulness, that exhibit those fruits to people around us, that what they see may be attractive and cause them, Lord God, to seek that same relationship with you. May this be our challenge, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, it's been lovely to be with you uh, this morning, and I look forward to those of you who are in Bundaberg to seeing you in person at our lunch at half past 11. Um, it'll be great to connect with one another. Remember, it's a BYO lunch, so you've got to uh, bring your own things. Uh, with COVID restrictions, we can't provide the food or, or any of the goodies, but uh, bring your own and bring a chair. It's going to be a lovely day. The weather's holding out beautifully, and, uh, and in faith, I'm going to say it's going to stay that way. So I look forward to seeing you there, friends. God bless, and may the Lord bless and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Amen.